This is an IG Partner content podcast. The news and editorial team had no role in its preparation. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Decoding the Markets, a series of three podcasts from IG giving a global perspective on current investing trends. I'm Satmont Panda and in today's episode, Investing in the Middle of the Madness, I'm talking to Daniel Lakai, Chief Economist at Tresis and Chris Beecham, Chief Market Analyst at IG. Thank you both for joining us. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, the US election, and then there's Brexit. So a lot of people might be quite nervous about doing anything with their money right now. But I want to try and find out if there are any good investments out there and what investors need to keep an eye on in the coming months. Daniel, I'm going to start with a question for you. The pandemic has evidently had a significant impact on the US election, and we may not know the final result for a few days or even weeks. So are there any companies out there that will benefit if the election result is delayed? Thank you very much. I think that if investors are looking at the US stock market, you can basically divide the stocks between those that would be significantly benefited by one policy or another and those that have absolutely nothing to do with any change of policy or political environment. And I think that in the United States right now, it is precisely the ones that have performed better, the, the so-called technology giants, that would actually continue to do extremely well, in my opinion, relative to the market in an environment of uncertainty about the elections. So I would go for utilities and technology giants as the best option to park your money in an environment of uh, political uncertainty, certainly. And so we've spoken about tech stocks, but obviously pharmaceutical companies have been big winners amid the pandemic. What other sectors or companies have done well during the pandemic and could continue to outperform? I think that things like McDonald's as well, I mean, it's it's quite a pedestrian company in many ways, but because it has its sales growth and obviously it has that international angle as well. You're looking for these kind of firms with the solid record. And that's the, the focus, I think, of the market over the past six months. A lot of the focus has been on how well tech stocks have done. But there are other areas of very strong growth from the high quality companies. I think what you saw from March onwards was a flight to quality and not a dash for trash at all. If we look, for example, at the healthcare providers, not just pharmaceutical, but the ones, the healthcare organizations, They've done very, very well, and I think that they will continue to do. I think that the healthcare expenditure in the United States, no matter who wins, is going to rise, and that therefore benefits the healthcare organizations. I also think that the stocks that are more close to the consumer, but in the lower end of the spectrum. So I would say that have not done particularly well in the past, actually, uh, are actually ones to look at, for example, the likes of all those that have to do with uh, basic food and with uh, the cheaper end of the spectrum. I think that those would be interesting in an environment of uncertainty. Thank you. And Daniel, what about investors who are hunting for a dividend? Where should they be looking to find some sort of consistent payout? It's going to be a a challenging one, dividend uh, investing in this period, because the estimates right now of dividend cuts are quite benign. And uh, one could be, to a certain extent, comfortable 
about the dividend outlook for 2021. However, the balance sheet situation of many of the larger dividend payers is much more strained than what may be consensus or the average investor assumes. So it's interesting in this front that I would actually go for the companies that have a consistent uh, dividend policy, but not a massive dividend yield. Because massive dividend yields, as we're seeing today, for example, in some of the energy companies or in more troubled companies, uh, actually what they are warning us about is that those dividends are not going to be paid or are very at high risk. So considering that in our estimates, sovereign bond yields, the US treasuries will continue to come down in terms of uh, yield, then looking at companies that have a 2%, uh, even a little bit lower than that is not a bad idea actually today. Chris, what's your view or opinion for investors hunting for a dividend? The same things apply, really, as they ever do. Um, it's been a, a heavy focus in the UK as well. It's not just a US thing of looking for those companies with those dividend yields. But investors, or a lot of certainly maybe newer investors, are always attracted to those firms with, with wonderful dividend yields of 7 8% because it looks like such a wonderful thing in a world where you have virtually no return on bonds and bank accounts offer absolutely nothing at all, really, especially when in real terms against inflation. But there is that risk. And I think that the point is that a lot of these companies that were once solid dividend payers are now looking at ways of cutting back on those payouts. We've had it from a number of companies in the oil sector in the UK. We've had it from Vodafone even before the pandemic, really, although they, they called it rebasing of their dividend. But obviously, it was a cut by any other name. And I think that's the thing is to watch out for and to be as discerning as you would in any other normal investing time to say, what is the basis of this dividend? Is it solid? And you can play this in a number of ways, individual companies. You can do it through, of course, um, ETFs. You can look at those dividend aristocrat ETFs, which sort of do some of the legwork for you in trying to find the companies with the solid records of increasing their dividends or at least keeping them steady. And that's really what you're looking for. Again, it, in any kind of investing environment, looking for the high quality companies makes sense. It's an obvious statement to make. But especially now when you have such a dark cloud hanging over in terms of the political outlook. So looking ahead to 2021, do you still think that it's going to be coronavirus that's going to be influencing the investment outlook rather than the US election or Brexit? Fundamentally, yes. I think it, it, we were talking about this yesterday, really, with a number of clients. I think the question is how much does any president really affect the market? Obviously, Trump over the past four years has claimed, like no other, and in another one of his unprecedented ways, that he is the president with the power to drive the market and the stock market's record highs are a validation of his administration. Of course, what the market does on a day-to-day basis might be driven by a tweet or a presidential um, comment. But of course, over the longer term, it is the function of the economy. And that's what investors are looking at now. In a sense, we've had this huge rebound in risk assets, particularly US risk assets, since March, because people are saying, well, yes, things are bad now, but they should get better. The question is now really, if we look beyond the political turmoil of Q4, and as I said, into the, perhaps into the beginning of Q1, do we still think the the US economy will continue to improve? And if it does, will the global economy go the same way? And on that basis, do equities still look, even after their huge run high, do they still look attractive? Yes, from my perspective, what I think is that uh, investors are going to be looking at stimulus packages as a key driver of positioning. 
So in that sense, the pandemic in itself becomes the key driver as well, because stimulus packages are a function of the, of the severity of the pandemic and, uh, and the impact of a possible second wave. So uh, whether central banks are going to continue to be as aggressive as they've been in 2020 and whether governments are going to push ahead with the fiscal stimulus that we have seen so far. I think that that will be the case and that investors will be focused on those on those elements as drivers of the market. I think that politics have uh, strangely become less important. I think that all of the risks attached to geopolitics or to uh, situations as uh, difficult to predict as Brexit and uh, and the US elections have become less important for for the average investor that sees that even when there's a bump in prices or when there's a slight uh, correction that it becomes an opportunity to buy fundamentally because those massive increases in money supply and in quantitative easing purchasing of assets especially sovereign bonds by central banks are making the safer asset sovereign bonds so extremely expensive that it makes equities in comparison even the allegedly expensive ones very cheap thank you so this episode is called investing in the middle of the madness but is there anywhere that investors can actually just find some calm and stability looking ahead over the next year well i think so i think that investors should continue to be looking at safe havens like uh, gold i think that investors should also continue to be, have exposure to utilities. Utilities look expensive because of uh, the correlation with bonds. However, it is true as well that the, that the fundamentals, both in terms of cash flow and balance sheet, are very, very strong. And I think that you also have a much better chance of being uh, of preserving capital, even in a challenging environment or in correction periods, when you're exposed to dollar-based assets rather than, for example, unfortunately, emerging economies or European economies. Daniel, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Do make sure you tune into our next episode, The Time is Tech. 